All right, well, welcome to Emmaus. My name is Nathan. I'm happy to see you folks again today. Raise your hand if you'd like a Bible. I hope you'll just make sure you have one today. We'll put the text on the screen, but I want to show you a couple of things written right into the Bible um, that I think it might be helpful today to actually have a Bible in your hand. We're going to be in Psalms, which is right in the middle of the Bible. Um, you just pretty much crack it right in the middle, and I'll give you the page number in a minute. Also, if you want a page, like a uh, sermon notes page, keep your hand up. Just communicate that to one of the ushers, and we'll get one for you. Anglin, we need one more up here in the front, sir. Uh, thanks for that. If this is your first Sunday with us, I hope that you will know that you're welcome here. I hope that you sense that this is a place that can be an encouraging place for you, and really what we want is to invite you to share life and to journey along with us. Um, this could be a place where we could share some of the challenges and the joys that we experience. We have gifts for you. If this is your very first time with us, there's a bag of great coffee beans over there, just as a way of saying, we really want to share life with you. Uh, before I was even a coffee drinker, I had this professor say, you know, coffee's way more. It's about way more than just a drink. And he had this big elaborate explanation. And I've come to kind of understand that. Um, so sort of in the spirit of let's share life together is these, these gifts of coffee beans for those of you who are uh, new here with us. All right. Uh, we're in a series called Words We Speak to God. I want to talk to you about a word um, that, uh, that is probably going to sound familiar. It's just a single word. But before I get to that word, let's ask this question. How many of you, raise your hand if you have participated in a Christian worship gathering in a language other than English? Anybody? Almost everybody probably. Yeah. Can you just sort of holler out some of the languages in which you have worshipped? Spanish? Me too. Latin. Wow, there we go. Swahili. Haitian. All right. Anything else? What, sign language? Cantonese, Portuguese. Awesome. See, I've got Spanish, French, Latin, uh, Amharic. We went to, Italy, or we went to um, Ethiopia, and this is a language they speak in Ethiopia, Amharic. And then we went to this really, really old part of, I guess, I don't know, this old, old church in Ethiopia. And um, the, the language that they speak there, only the Ethiopian Orthodox Christian priests speak it. It's called Giez or something like that. And uh, they don't even, no one even speaks it anymore except the priests. And here's what's really interesting to me. Um, when you worship in other languages, at least if you're somewhat like me, you, you, very, you understand very little of what's happening. Right? Some cases I understand zero of what's being said except for one word. You know what that word is? It's hallelujah, right? Of course. In every language, whether it's Ethiopia, Mexico, um, Rome, I understood the worship when they came to the point in the gathering where people said hallelujah because it's one of the words that isn't translated. It's, it's continual and um, consistent in each language. The accent will be different. The intonation will be different. It'll sound maybe a little bit different than what we're used to. This is the Hebrew uh, you know, it's got an H on the front, which is sort of like leaning towards the Hebrew. The song we sang a minute ago, the lyrics just was an A, Alleluia. That's just sort of a Greek spelling of all, but it's the same word. Jews consider the word Alleluia the purest form of worship, the purest word of praise. Maybe for that reason, I don't really ultimately know. I really was looking for a book this week that would explain this better to me. But maybe for this reason, the word Alleluia is rarely translated into another language. It doesn't matter what language you're speaking, 
you come across it, and it's just the same language in all lang- the same word in all languages. I think maybe one other example of this may be the word "amen," but it's the only other example that I can think of. A word which is the same virtually wherever you go in the world. All right, here's a couple minutes on the word hallelujah itself. By the way, as you can imagine, you can study this word for a very long time. This is a big, big rabbit hole here. The word is a Hebrew word, uh, and it is a combination of the word for praise. The root of that is hale, and the word for God, the name of God. So the word hale in this is hallelujah, because the form of the verb is the plural imperative. And if you say plural imperative, you sound smarter. So essentially what this means is let us, right? Let us. Or the old King James is actually a good translation in this case. Praise ye, right? Like all of us. Let's praise. So it's hallelujah. That's the Hebrew word for praise followed by the, the, the proper name of God, which nobody knows for sure how to pronounce but is presented or represented with what's called the tetragrammaton, the four letters, Y-H-W-H. It's complicated because Hebrew doesn't have vowels, so we're not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Some people pronounce it Yahweh. Have you heard that? Yeah, so they just drop a couple of vowels where it seems to make sense. Another way to maybe pronounce it is Jehovah. Ys and Js kind of interact. Ws and Vs may be the same. But this is what it is. Hallelujah, let us praise Yah. Just the first two letters of the name of God. All kinds of theories why it's just the first two. I won't get into that. But that's essentially what the Hebrew word hallelujah means. In Jewish scriptures, which are our Old Testament, the word hallelujah appears only in the Psalms. And even then, only in the last third of the Psalms, sometimes the word hallelujah is right at the beginning of the Psalm. As if to say, Hey, everyone, let's praise the Lord. And then you drop into a song or a prayer. It's at the beginning of the psalm. Other places, the word hallelujah shows up at the end of the psalm. And this is fascinating to me because you can find psalms where what is, what is being said or declared or prayed is sadness or I don't understand you, God, or this is not right. And then the last word is alleluia. Same, let us praise the Lord. And then other times the word alleluia is right in the middle of the psalm. It's an integral part of the prayer that's being said. Let me give you an example. Psalm 135. Let's look at Psalm 135 because it's an example of all three of the uh, locations of the word alleluia. It's on page 432 in the red Bible that we handed out. I just want you to see what happens here. And, um, and then I'll show you a second example that'll be a couple pages to the right, okay? So Psalm 135 is a great place to start all three examples in the one psalm. It begins in the translation that we've provided, praise the Lord. Do you see how Lord is all capital letters? That is an indication by the English translation communities uh, or committees that it's Yahweh. It's that word. It's that name of God. That's why they capitalize the word Lord, to indicate that that's what's happening there. So it begins, praise the Lord, or praise Yahweh. It's the word hallelujah. And then the next word is praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord. So when you see this in Hebrew, you see the same beginning, hallelujah. You see hallelujah. Then you see hallelujah, the name. And then you say hallelujah, the pronoun. It's all at the beginning. Then verse 3, you got an example of where the word hallelujah is dropped right into the core of the prayer. And this is interesting because it it integrates something new. Let us praise the Lord 
for his goodness. See that? So what's there in Hebrew is hallelujah for Yahweh's goodness, the goodness of Yahweh. Integral part of what's happening in the prayer. And then a last example is the very last word of the psalm is actually hallelujah, translated here in verse 21, praise the Lord. Now let me tell you what frustrates me about this, and I'll tell you what, uh, why this helps me. What frustrates me is the whole world knows this word, hallelujah. It's this amazing opportunity for us to kind of be saying the same kind of word, and, and yet uh, it's translated in, in, into English here. I, I kind of wish it weren't. Hallelujah is essentially hallelujah in every language, right? But a lot of English translations, they will be consistent in their effort. To, of course, the whole thing is in Hebrew. So they say, well, we're translating Hebrew from English. We're not going to stop just because we hit the word hallelujah. We're going to translate hallelujah as well, and that's what happens. It makes me a little bit sad because I like the word hallelujah. But I can imagine that their reasoning goes something like this. Not everybody knows what the word hallelujah means. So we can't just have random Hebrew words dropped in here like we all know what that is. So I understand their logic. They translate it, praise the Lord, right? I think it's a bummer, uh, personally. Um, now, what helps me, though, is that in the integrity of these solid translations that are very available to us, and there are many, there will be a footnote on the word. There will be a footnote. In other words, on, there's that footnote on the very first praise the Lord in Psalm 135, right? It sends you down to the bottom of the page, and it says this is the word hallelujah. So you can still know that the word that you're reading there is the word hallelujah. All right, one more cool detail. Turn to the right a few pages. Look at the final five psalms in the book. Final five psalms in the book of Psalms. Psalm 146, 147, 148, 149, 150. The Psalms, the book of Psalms, is essentially a Hebrew prayer book. It's the hymnal of the Jewish faith. And it's full of all kinds of prayers, personal prayers, laments, complaints, long histories of what God has done among the community, um, kind of uh, public prayers. And some of these public prayers are, they're like, they're like ancient playlists. They're like hallelujah psalms. And they show up in little clusters like playlists. One group of hallelujah psalms is 104 through 106. Begins, everyone begins and ends with the word hallelujah. Another little playlist is 111 through 113. Hallelujah psalms. And then these last five psalms of the book of psalms are hallelujah psalms, which begin and end with this word hallelujah. When I was at the Benedictine Monastery uh, near Rome last summer, the second time of prayer every day, the second time, which started at 6 a.m., they would pray all of these hallelujah psalms, one after another after another at the end, uh, these last psalms of the, of the book of Psalms. And it was in Latin, and I couldn't understand very much of it, but I always knew where they were because it would begin with hallelujah and it would end with hallelujah. Then the next one would begin with hallelujah and end with hallelujah. All right, that's the Bible nerd part of the sermon. Did I lose half of you in that? This stuff is so fascinating to me. I could just keep going with this. I won't do it, though, because you guys are like, don't. Uh, so let's get super practical here going forward. Four really practical questions about the word hallelujah. First, throughout history, for thousands of years throughout the world, people in large groups, small groups, and even all by themselves on their beds have said the word hallelujah. First question, what is that about? What is that about? Answer, 
It's about the importance of praising God. And I need to pay attention to that. I need to pay attention to this, specifically what? To the importance of praising God, of declaring praise to God. And the reason I need to pay attention to this, friends, is because praising God doesn't come very naturally to me. Um, frankly, praising anything doesn't come very naturally to me. I'm, I'm more easily categorized as a cynic. I can complain about things more easily than I can praise uh, things. Um, my best moments, I praise my kids in my best moments. I tell them how amazing they are. But uh, God help me. A lot of my words are instructive and corrective to my kids. Yeah. In my best moments, I praise my wife. I say, you're amazing. You're beautiful. You're wonderful to me, but God help me. I have said too many critical words to my wife too often. And uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I want to be honest with you. I, it's a commitment. We just got a puppy. And uh, I'm the one getting up really, really early in the morning, taking her outside. And I knew I was preparing for this sermon, and I caught myself one morning. You're such a good dog. You're such a good dog, right? I, I, uh, I have found it more easy to praise my dog than to praise my God which is kind of funny, but pretty bad, actually. It's pretty bad, right? It's like, what's going on here? Why is it so easy to, pr to praise this, like, little animal? Praised my daughter last week before she left home for college. I went in her room, and I sat on her bed, and I praised, I just praised her. She's amazing. And I thought, why haven't I been doing this more? You know, why didn't I do more of this? You should be able to praise what you love, right? You should. You should be able to praise what you love. And I love God, and I spend time thanking God regularly, which is good and right. It's good to thank God, but thanking God is not the same as praising God. They overlap. They overlap. But thanking God is one thing, and praising God is... Strictly speaking, it, it's something else. They can overlap, but I need to pay attention to this. This comes easier for me. I got a lot of things to thank God for. I'm not very good at praising God. I need to, I need to pay attention to this call throughout time. Hallelujah, Nathan. Let us praise the Lord. I need to take time to speak and sing and shout words to God that are just about honoring him, just about worshiping him, just about glorifying him. God, you're amazing. You're wonderful. You're incredible. This is just who you are. I need to declare it. I need to get my body involved. I need to raise my hands. I need to hit my knees. I need to bow down low. When I was at the monastery in Italy last summer, we prayed eight hours a day. That's a lot of praying. And the phrase that was said more than any other phrases all day long before the Psalms, after the Psalms, before the songs, after the songs. As soon as you walk in, right before you walk out, interspliced, I think we, I estimate we probably said this phrase 50 times a day. This is the phrase. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. They say this over 
and over and over, these Benedictine monks. And when, this, when it begins, the glory be, they all bow down like this, and they say it like this. They're bowed down low, and they say this whole phrase. And this was difficult for me. This was strange. I'd never done this before. And I didn't want to fake it. You never should fake it. You never should go through the motions. But going through the motions in a spiritual context is a very bad idea. You shouldn't do that. So I didn't want to fake it. But neither did I want to be the only guy in the room that wasn't bowing before the Lord. Right? That sounded like a bad idea too. I didn't want to do that. So I had this wrestling match in my head. And this is what I went. I was like, man, is that Catholic? It's not Catholic, right? It's, that's Christian. There's not a single phrase in this that wouldn't be embraced by any Christian tradition for the last 2,000 years. Glory be to the Trinity, which has always existed. Amen, hallelujah. Now, do you know what this is? And do you know why this was hard for me? Because this is praise. That's just praise right there. This is just praise in between everything, all day long, all week, and then we do it again. Praise, praise, praise. It's not thanking God, it's praising God. These can overlap, but thanking God is one thing, praising God is another. Similarly, it's not really explaining God. A lot of what we say is explaining God. Like that verse from Psalm 135. Hallelujah, for the Lord is good. That's explaining something. It's something about the substance or the nature of God. Explaining something isn't praising God. Now, they also overlap. They can overlap right in the Psalms, overlapping all the time. But I need to focus on this. I can thank God. I'm pretty good at that. I got a lot to say thank you for. I spend a lot of my life explaining God. God help me as best I can, right? I need to focus here. That's where I need to, because I'm not very good at this, at just praising God. Some of you are great at praising God, or you're great at praising in general, or maybe you're great at praising in certain situations, like maybe you're with your grandkids. Here's a second question. Why is it so hard to praise God? I think it's hard because praise is completely other-focused. Completely other focused. So you're with your grandkids, say, and you're really good at praising your grandkids. Well, I would say that's probably because that's a relationship in which it's easy for you, relatively easy for you to be other focused. Some of you are really good at praising in certain situations and not so good at praising in other situations. Maybe, maybe it's easy for you to praise in situations where somebody's helping you out. You're really full of praise in those situations. I've been praising Courtney Alves all summer long. She's been working at the church this summer, anticipating problems, finding creative solutions, generally making life easier for the whole community. And my praise of her has been 100% authentic. But it's also been really easy to do because she's making life easier for everybody, right? So it hasn't, come, it hasn't been difficult for me to do that. It's a situation where it's easy to, to, to give praise. Um, there are also situations, though, where it's not so easy to give praise. It's easy to be others-focused in certain situations. Sometimes it's not so easy to be. 
And this call to praise God reveals to me that I am often coming to God, but I'm thinking about Nate. That's what this call reveals to me. I'm often coming to God, but I'm actually thinking about me. In other words, this hallelujah that shows up in so many of the Psalms, it's a personal challenge for me. What's the challenge? Will you wake up early to praise God? As opposed to just waking up early to ask God for a lot of help for the, for the thing. Now, it doesn't need to be either or, right? But it should be both. And I just will tell you that the times that I am the most motivated to get out of bed and pray are when I got this appointment and that situation and I got to hit that reality and I got to find a solution to this and I feel overwhelmed and I'm, it's relatively easy for me to get out and get to my knees and pray. But I don't feel that same sense of, compel, of, of, of compulsion just to praise Doesn't need to be either or, but it should be both. Jesus himself taught, pray, give us this day our daily bread. But before he said that, he said, pray, hallowed be your name, right? There's the praise piece. All right, so summarize so far, this is what we're saying. What is hallelujah about? It's about praising God. Why is it challenging? Because it's not about you and it's not about me. That's why it's hard. Third question, what is the challenge then? I scoped out this uh, series several months ago, and I thought to myself, well, one of the words we say to God is the word hallelujah, right? So we got to do a whole sermon on the word hallelujah. What I was reminded of as I dug deeper into my study over the last couple weeks is to be totally precise, hallelujah is not actually a word we say to God. It's a word we say to one another about God. It's a challenge. It's an invitation. It's a call to worship. It is let us praise the Lord. Let all of us, it is a plural imperative. It's something we all ought to do together. What's the challenge then? What's the hallelujah challenge? I want to market that. I don't know why. It sounds like something that should be like in a nutrition store or something. The hallelujah challenge. The hallelujah challenge is to praise God all the time. It's to praise God in all circumstances, all situations. Not just when things are going smoothly and they're in my favor and I'm blessed. Of course we should praise the Lord then. Historically, Christians forget to praise the Lord when things are going really well. But we should praise the Lord then. But also we should praise the Lord when we're sad. We should praise the Lord when we're feeling defeated. We should praise the Lord when we're not feeling anything at all. So that's the challenge. Hallelujah. Let us praise the Lord now and at all times. Like when you discover you're having a baby, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Or when you discover once again with sadness and unmet longings that no, we're we're not, we're not. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. When you get the job, when you get the college acceptance, When you land the great deal, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And when you don't, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's the challenge. The challenge is to praise God all the time in all circumstances. And we see this challenge being embraced in the Bible by many. One example is in one of the most ancient books in the Bible, the book of Job in the first chapter, Job loses everything, including his home and his 10 children in one day. It's a big cataclysmic event. 
And this is what he says, naked I have come from my mother's womb, and naked I will return or depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. And he says this, may the name of the Lord be praised. Here's the last question. Why would anyone choose to do that? <laughs> what would compel anyone, ser- what would compel any sane person to praise God when life crashes into a bunch of pieces? Do you know what Job's wife says to him after he says this? Do you remember? Job's like, that's right. Job's like, God gives, God takes away, blessed be his name. And she says, curse God and die. And I don't even blame her, frankly, because she lost all of her children that day, right? Why would anyone choose to praise God in times of need? I get the times of plenty, but what about times of sadness and failure? Here's why, friends. And this is a hard word, but here's why. It's because that's reality. Okay. It's because that's what's happening. Because the only other place in the whole Bible and the only place in the New Testament where the word hallelujah even shows up is in the very last book, the book of Revelation, John's revelation, his vision of heaven, of reality, of eternity. And this is what John says. It's in, verse, it's in chapter 19. This is what he sees. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and they worshiped God who was seated on the throne and they cried, amen. Alleluia. And then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him both great and small. And then John says, I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. And then John says, let us rejoice and and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. In other words, he's saying Jesus, who is the lamb of God, is going to be united with his people, which is the church. So what is happening in heaven? God is being praised in heaven. What is happening in eternity? We could say it like this. What is reality? It is the praise of God. It is glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, will be forever, world without end. Amen. Hallelujah. That's reality. The reality of God is that he is being praised. He has been praised. He is being praised. He will be praised forever. Why? Because he's worthy of it. Because that's the way it is. He's worthy of being praised. Why does John feel it's so important to reveal this to me? Why is he telling me this? What is his purpose in telling the church about this vision of the enduring and eternal praise of God? Why is he telling us that all of creation is praising God in all of eternity? Friends, his purpose is this. It's to invite us to align our lives with reality. Now, here. It's an invitation to come into harmony, into, uh, into like alignment with the way it is so that all of the church, including you and me, 
will recognize in the times of blessing and in the times of disaster and grief the bigger picture. It's so that we'll recognize the bigger picture and so that we will join in this eternal hallelujah no matter what is happening. Why would anyone choose to bless God, not curse God, when life falls falls apart? Because they recognize by God's grace that God is worthy of praise no matter what happens to us. No matter what happens to us. Why would God... Why would anyone choose to praise God like King David did? Following the death of his infant son. Because somehow he recognizes that this tragedy, and it is a tragedy, it shouldn't have happened. It's broken. But somehow in the midst of this tragedy, the tragedy doesn't define reality. God defines reality. That bigger even than the kind of news that takes you to your knees, right, is the reality that God is still God and God is still good. Yes, hallelujah, in all times and in all places, whether it's going great or things have been broken down. I think, friends, let me end with this. I think the, call, I think the, the word hallelujah, I think it's one of the potentially one of the most loving things we could say to one another. It's one of the most loving things we could say to one another, whether we're here because of a bunch of joy in our life or we're barely making it through today because of all kinds of sadness. And there's two reasons that it can be so loving. The first is it's an us word. It's an us word. It's not I'm telling you what to do. It's I am joining you where you are whether in your joy or in your brokenness. I'm coming around. The vision would be I'm locking arms with you. My arms are around your shoulders and I'm saying, hey, let's, let's, you and me, us together. It's an us word. I'm, I'm here with you. And the second way, or the second reason this is such a loving thing to say is because it's a God word. It's, it's this and then here. It's not, hey, let me try to explain this to you. Let me try to justify what's happened. Let me try to like come up with the perfect thing to say that's gonna make you feel better. No, it's, I'm going to praise God with you. Let's praise God together. Let's look to him together. Basically, we're going to come together and we're going to give praise to God. That's what hallelujah is. We're going to come together. We're not going to try to fix each other's problems or answer. We're just going to come together and then we're going to give praise to God. Amen? Just coming together and giving praise to God. You know I can't just talk about this this morning, right? Can't, this isn't a sermon you can just say and then say, okay, have a good day, go home. So if you would like to say a word of praise to God, would you stand up? If you would like to declare a word of praise to the Lord, just stand up where you are. Just a sentence. Just a simple word of praise. I want to invite any of you who would want to to just speak out a word of praise. It could be something as simple as, I praise God. That'd be fine. Maybe I praise God for, or I praise God because, or I praise God even though. 
Amen. 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 Thank you. One more time, Pam. Because he knows you. Amen. Say it out loud. Amen. This is good. Amen. Thank you, Tony. Amen. Amen. For my mother. Amen, Zach. For my family. For peace. For his eternal love. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. 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 Amen, Joshua. For his presence. Amen. John, go ahead. For your illness. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Here we are together, Lord, and we want to just give you praise. Please receive our praise. You are worthy of our praise. You are good. You have done great things. And we want to be hands raised in the middle just saying, we praise you. This is the way it is. We give you praise. May you receive praise from me. May you receive praise from us in the good times and in the hard times. You are worthy of our praise. Amen, thank you. Amen. Please fill us this week with your love. Enable us to dig deep, to continue to grow, to become the people you've created us to be. praising you with all creation and partnering with the great restorative work of your hand. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I want to invite you, friends, to spend time this week in the last few psalms, the hallelujah psalms, just those last five. And press up against that, I just keep saying the same word over and over again. and <laughs> Wrestle with that, that, that need to be focused on another.